0: This is Shaka speak Hey, welcome to Shaka Speak. I am Gareth Blackwell, as always, alongside
1: my fantastic co-host, Ryan Leterio. How you doing, Ryan? Doing good. Just um, enjoying this year's current art fair. Amazing. Yeah, it's been 20 fantastic. galleries, man. This is crazy up in here.
0: Yeah, and it's a, if you haven't seen the space that this is in, I mean, obviously, since this has been put out after the fact you won't be able to just drop in and see it but uh, you should definitely check out uh, current art fairs Instagram feed to see the just how the space looks with all these galleries because I think that most people when they hear that they're in a an NFL training
1: facility they get the wrong idea of yeah the I think what people get in their mind is it's like some weird you know sports theme song yeah and this space is just beautiful so uh, Jen and BJ uh, Glave and everybody else but they've done done a phenomenal job with this
0: yeah it's been fantastic and what's really exciting is this is this looks like the first glimmer of m- many many years of this to come so let's hope, let's hope. definitely check it out uh, check out their Instagram feed check out their website um, and be looking forward to it next year
1: because it's yep. gonna be an annual event so and we'll have more on that I think we'll be participating collaborating and so yeah you, you'll probably hear from us in the future with the podcast but um, well this is our 30 under 30 minute launch current art fair special i guess you can call it yeah Um, quite a mouthful yeah quite a mouth we're working on it we're we're working on a workshop we'll We'll, we'll dial it in (laughs) totally dial it in we need to dial it in we'll have a series called dial it in and we'll that's what we'll do you know we're we're going to do five total of these
0: episodes um you know from current art fair where we're taking one question and we're spending 30 minutes on it so this episode the question that we have is from uh Forgive me, Amina, if I mispronounce this, but uh, Dali Ami on uh, Instagram is her handle. And she asks, is an interest in a field a good enough reason to go to grad school? Mm. Now, this is, uh, you know, full disclosure before we start this. Ryan and I, very familiar with graduate school. We have been there a lot. Yes. Uh, We've got two graduate degrees um, each. So... uh, Take everything we're saying with
1: a uh, from a perspective of uh, been there, done that. Yeah, we both have done it, so we're guilty as charged, and so that certainly plays in on how we answer the question, I suppose. And of course, I think you live through a set of circumstances, and your values change, perhaps. But ask the question again. So, ask, the question. Let me just is, hear it one more time.
0: Is an interest in a field a good enough reason to go to grad school?
1: Yeah, I guess my mom was like, is an interest. In nachos, a good enough reason to become a cook. Yeah, I see what you're getting at there. Do you, I know it's like me being me, but but also like it's like if you ask if or you ask it, the question outside of a, is your interest in burritos enough to make you own a Taco Bell? Yeah, like there is some, there's a jump there. There is, and um, you know, in a, I guess in a way, like on the one hand, you're like, is it enough? Well, it depends on how how big your interest is. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Because I think, I mean, what you're getting at here is I think there is this space in between in that question. Yeah, it's a great um, question.
0: So we wouldn't answer it, but. Right. So there's, I think there's a lot of things that go on. So part of my brain goes to, well, let's talk about what education's for, like in terms of its uh, purpose yes. as a vehicle for something else or Correct. toward something else. We can talk about that. Uh, my mind also goes to, um, can an interest only live within an academic setting? Or, mm-hmm. or even more provocative should an interest live
1: within an academic setting, mm-hmm. or should it live elsewhere um, so there's a lot of does places- it require is it scaffolded up into excellence or execution through more than one degree right. so like is it have you tested so i think I think one thing that as i 'm listening to you like I want to come come to your points, but one thing yeah. it makes me think immediately is there is an already assumption about the lack of some kind of value in an undergraduate degree mm. that pushes the ball forward to uh, an upper level degree. And the problem with that is if we don't get at what that is, then we run the risk of doing what I think is happening for a lot of people, which is to eviscerate the value of a graduate degree in the exact same way. Yes. And so then you start looking at what does it look like to have a degree at all? Or, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of asking the same question, but you've ran out of tears, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and, um, which is not really a critique on the degrees themselves, but more a question of the, the, um, what do we mean by enough? Yeah. So I guess let's, let's
0: start there. Let's start with how we kind of understand some of the assumptions that allow this question to form. Yeah. We, is that a good place to start? Sure. Yeah. So there is something with it. Um, so is an interest in a field a good enough reason to go to grad school? So I'd want to start with um, how, how do we view this? Like, is an interest good enough? as if interest is uh, a small thing, right? Like as if my interest or desire to pursue uh, a field or a craft or a trade or a job or, uh, an academic pursuit or mm-hmm. a mental exercise, like interests don't have to be small things. Right. No. But I think we, we shoot ourselves in so many different directions where we're like, well, I have an interest in uh, a through Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's, so if, if it's like, oh, I have an interest in, um, you know, every once in a while, if it happens to be on catching this certain show, mm-hmm. well, no, that interest isn't a good enough interest for anything. Yeah. But if it's, I have an interest in really exploring and finding things out, that's a little different. So some mm-hmm. of it I think is, you know, how do we really understand uh, an interest? Is it just kind of. Oh, it's the sort of thing I would put on, like, you know, my my social media profile. I have an interest in this. Or is it something that actually could orient a life pursuit?
1: Yeah, I mean, because interest, there's contingent interest in a situation. So relative to your state of mind and well-being in a moment, uh, relatively speaking, you're like, that's an interesting couch. Right. But how, you know, what's the the power of the interest, is it, is it like, how deep is that rot within you? Are you so interested that you're like, I want to become a, a uh, furniture maker because I'm looking at this interesting chair in this one scenario. That could really happen. I think that stuff does happen. I think otherwise we wouldn't believe in being an artist and a lot of the generative stuff we talk about and culture building and that kind of thing. But um, also um, interest, Oh man, I don't know if I can do interest, as a category came into being in the late or sorry, late nineties, early two thousands. People stopped making statements about what they do with intention. They stopped saying things like, um, my mind's a little foggy today, but they stopped saying things like, I do this because I want to see these things happen. And because I think this, and like they'd point to their head and say, I think this and the shift in the mid nineties was moving towards. I feel And because the move towards a feel shifted the grounds of authority uh, and where it was assumed. So personal authority over my own feelings is not something that anybody else could kind of point at and negate, right? But to do the other and say, I think this about things is to assume an authority possibly over an experience that others may be having as well. And I think we started to see a kind of moral uh, relativity Uh, just descriptively, just talking historical here, uh, really start to become pervasive. And so it shifted the way that, like, I remember this. You started to hear artists say, I made this because I was interested in X or Y. Interest became a category that eliminated responsibility because merely an interest. I'm just interested in, I don't know. And I think... For every person who had a sincere interest, there was a seismic shift in language, at least in studio classes and and critiques, where I started to notice like uh, folks weren't necessarily saying things uh, statedly, even though they may have had those desires, like, you know, at a not a subconscious level, but quietly to themselves privately. But what was safe to say is, I'm interested. And so um, the ubiquity of, Making out of personal interest became the dominant norm, you know, for a lot of artists and designers. Like, I'm fascinated by X, Y, and Z. I notice those things, and you know, the uh, and I'm interested, which is a way of saying I'm a curious person. Uh, there's there's no uh, salient point that I'm going to make that you can critique based on statements that I make, and the question will be, do you find it interesting or not, and that will be the outcome. Are you interested? If so, well, how? And then you can see a dialogical change happen where now we're both just musing something descriptively saying, isn't this interesting? And so um, that becomes the bedrock for a lot of, I think, people coming up into aspirations of being a culture maker looking at um, education and saying, is a personal interest in a field or in a whatever enough to go to grad school? So... um, if you mean it the way that I'm describing, um, perhaps because there's probably more to the statement interest than what you're willing to express or are aware of. But there is a normativity to this idea of personal interest that I think is, is played its, ran, its, ran its course. I do think you're seeing a lot of pushback when, when you look at uh, uh, areas that focus on identity, um, where it's not about interest, it's about declarative statements. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's no longer about interest. It's been assumed. I'm telling you. So you, we've seen the pendulum swing. And so um, with those as benchmarks, the question is, uh, uh, perhaps the future tense question is, like, what, what do you want to do with, uh, you know, maybe for my sake, you can say, December, like, let's say you want to be a painter. Well, what do you want to do with paint that necessitates a graduate level degree and a set of uh, expert eyes on your work critically for two years. What do you, what do you, what do you want to have happen? And is that best established through grad school? And is that worth whatever dollar amount it's going to require of you to go to grad school? Yeah. Cause it's almost like the question begs asking another half dozen questions. Yeah, it really does. I mean, um, to be helpful, I think, and I think, this question is a question a lot of folks have, which is why I think it's a good one to, to kind of kick around.
0: Well, you know, I mean, and you know, just speaking from personal experience. Um, I When I did my master's, I did not have an interest in going to grad school. Mm-hmm. I had an interest in learning as much as I could from the professor that I was going to grad school to be around. And that was huge, mm-hmm. right? Because there was something um, in his knowledge and depth of experience that I was not going to get just being able to take the one or two undergraduate classes that he offered right. Um, and working with him in graduate at a graduate level meant that I was having different responsibilities, different conversations. I was moving into a different phase of that learning. and so it became less about what I learned in my courses and more about who I learned from mm-hmm. and in what context I was learning, which I think becomes kind of a bigger catalyst when we talk about graduate graduate education. Because I think a lot of folks wrongly assume that it's just a continuation of education as it has been. Mm-hmm, that's but right. But there's a while there may not be a huge marked shift from high school to college in terms of really how it's going. Like yeah, you got more freedom and you get to choose when your classes are. Maybe they're longer. There's a definite marked difference mm-hmm. between college, undergraduate, and masters. Level. There should be. There should be. I, I worry that I at least for me there was. Yeah, and I, there, and there
1: and you know and there, I have two master's degrees, so yeah. I mean, um. There were, there were some differences. There was the trajectory that I would say I was kind of on my internal kind of internal workings. There's a lot of continuity there in terms of my experience of growing up through kind of the scaffolding of, of education, higher education. Um, and, and there was a healthy bit of curiosity. Um, just honestly, like, could I do this or not? You know, which are not necessarily intrinsic questions to the subject but more um broad questions about my self-worth if you will um and then it shifted with my mfa to like uh feeling as though um i wanted well i I still you know i still had a dose of curiosity i wanted to know what the top looked like and how i fit i was still sort of analyzing myself in some ways um not prescribing that, not saying good or bad, just saying just what it was, you know, for better or worse. Like, I don't know that I would do things the same way if I was standing before a set of options. Um, mm-hmm. But I also can't deny the value of what I got in terms of allowing me to be here right now talking with you. So, like, it's a, you, you can't really shuffle the deck too much for me. It's like, it's what, it's what happened. Yeah. With what happened, um, certainly there were things that i did get, but there's also stuff I just didn't get. Like I didn't get some of what I, what I thought I wanted. um, And, uh, or did want actually, you know, if the, if the personal interest, so put another way, hobbyists are interested in what they're tinkering with. Yeah. They're interested. Mm -hmm. I would want to say that if you want to go into upper upper education, I, I would like to encourage you, to have deeper convictions than mere interest. Like if I could put it that way, it's an, I would invite you into a deeper investigation if, if that's where you're at, to where you become more uh, a part of the community, the conversation, and you tap into the forward momentum that requires cultural standard bearers to, to, to play out, to, to push forward. Mm-hmm. So that, because what you don't want, which is what you see sometimes, is hobbyists in upper education. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I I
0: think this is the probably a place to kind of interject something is that I think there is a wrong assumption as well that um, because I've gotten a master's or PhD or whatever it is, I am therefore going to skip those first few levels of the job that I just don't want to do. That's right. You know, so it's. It's, you may have somebody who's a hobbyist. It's like, you know, I kind of want to get quickly through this ladder. I don't want to stand on those two or three bottom rungs. And so if I get that master's, I'm going to be able to bump up. Yeah. And, you know, and most of the time, the experiences I've had with past students, um, other people I went to school with, it's no, you have a harder time sometimes at those bottom rungs because they understand they should be paying you more for the job that you would have been doing anyway, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's, that can sound kind of harsh um to some folks to be like oh well so you're saying like I should just not even do it and just go work well yeah maybe mm-hmm. maybe um because there there was a time and there still is in certain fields where most people would not even consider your application to graduate school until you had experience outside of the 100%. university because they didn't want somebody just coming in as like a lifelong student. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know that your experiences actually became educational for other people within the class.
1: And you brought something uh, highly valuable. Yeah, you were bringing something that was uh, so, like, you know, put it like a bit of research you'd already been investigating, where you were bringing right. a partially developed thing, if you will, uh, to a set of professionals that you angled and said, this community at this particular university has the best possible chance at helping me round out this understanding so that I can bring it into the larger cultural context, which is, you know, in many ways, actually that was a big part of my decision-making. So when I came to VCU, I was looking at the studio artists and the visiting artists, and I was Mm -hmm. seeing a discourse around making that for me had to do with a kind of painting discourse, dialectic, uh, modern, late modern, you know, uh, all the way through to the nineties, like the kind of critical discourse that was raising certain questions and generating spaces for outcomes that infused painting as a, as a ve- expressive vehicle that had object like properties that had implications for, uh, impacting people, shaping spaces and so on. And so there was a kind of conversation there that held, enough tension in terms of the history of painting as a, as a window if you will a window of escape but also intention to like possibly not what is the ontologic ontological reality or implications of the things we make uh, uh in the present tense how do these things hold together and i was watching these experiments these people that were making paintings but they're also making sculpture and then they were they were intersecting the assumed qualities of each into these expressive outcomes that retained a bit of both. And it was an experimental component, but it wasn't arbitrary. There was a real active conversation cultivating. And and I had been doing that kind of work in Sacramento and maybe in an environment that was less supportive. So I was looking for folks that weren't hung up on certain issues that had already overcome those to help me have a better way of understanding what I was trying to develop in in conversation with a, a, a philosophical history with painting, if you will. That's a mouthful, but I but I came from somewhere with problems that I wanted to see developed in a context from people that could help me sort it out enough that then I could live out in the world uh, doing this with more clarity um, and, and possibly a clearer sense of who who the audience was who who the who who is this for, you know. Yeah, and I think that's helpful because um, what you what you really want to
0: do is have. Your undergraduate education uh, tested and proven, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that should be anybody. So I would say, just as a, a side note of this, even if you have an interest in grad school, I would say, be outside the university for a few years, hundred percent, because what it's going to do is just like you're talking about, Ryan, it's going to help you shape the actual questions you have because those questions won't be out of lack of experience. Mm-hmm. Instead, they will be based on the experience. And so you get to say, oh, well, I've seen these things and I've understood these things and I still have questions that remain and mm-hmm. I don't know if just my personal practice is going to get me to a place where I feel they're sufficiently answered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If that's the context of interest, then yeah, I say, yeah, you're you're all aboard. I think it's a good space to be.
1: Right. Well, you know, when you go through grade school, uh, in America at least, I mean, I know this varies around the world, but you know you do get into a rhythm where you're just waiting for what questions you will be asked so that you can learn those to prove that you've graduated into that level yes and and so there's a there is a bit of a passive response on average. There's always excellent students that blow through and they get special classes and they get their degrees early and but that's the the exception, not the rule the The standard person just kind of has a habituated. Uh, passive response to well, I'm in fourth grade now and I'm going to be asked questions that confirm that I'm a fourth grader and a fifth grader and so on. And you get to grad school and you're like, you know, when I went to grad school, I had my second degree. I mean, I had people that were, again, this is not about age or any of those things because certainly there's always rules to the exception. But um, in both my degrees, I had a lot of work experience. So there was a lot I'd already taught, you know, already been making, had some success, some failure. I had, I was putting, you know, I had put a lot into what I wanted to get out of it. But I got to school, some people that 18, blew through, did their BA, BFA, boom. got. I mean, from the graduation point to the summer, they were already into their MFA. They didn't even know it. They were just arriving at the next grade level. And, that, and it really did impact the quality of the environment. I mean, it, it, it meant that the conversations couldn't be a certain way. It meant that the studio engagements, the uh, rigor uh, wasn't there. And it was, uh, you know, I, honestly, um, when I did my second degree for a while, I was pretty disappointed. I was pretty bummed because I was like, this is it. This is the terminal degree. There is no other, you know. Yeah. Um, at that time for me, it was like, this is it. You know, um, the MFA, is the, this is the only get it once. I ain't, I ain't doing a second MFA. Yeah. So, um, um, So to your point, that real world experience can confirm to you the necessity of going. Or it can also confirm to you that you don't need it, and either one of those to me is a good one, provided you have a good understanding of that, and um, it's clear to you. You know, yeah. You I know? think you know.
0: Somebody told me at some point along the process. The um, they said you know you have more or less three phases of 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 education, right? So you've got your everything leading up to your undergraduate. You've got your graduate, and you've got your. Um, you Know, well, let's put it as like undergraduate, master's, and then doctoral or terminal, you know, whichever it is <clears throat> for your field. Um, and they said that you know, all the stuff throughout elementary school, high school, and even undergraduate was to prove that you have knowledge, right? right. right? So, just like what you're saying, here's the question do you know the answer? Mm-hmm. So, we're acquiring that knowledge and, and having it. They said, uh, at a master's level, then you're proving that you can compile knowledge mm-hmm. for an argument. So you're able to know where the knowledge is, go out, find it, put it together into a sensible argument, Mm -hmm. um, pro or con or whatever. And then they said at the doctoral level, you're showing that you can create knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so these are sort of helpful things for me because I think sometimes it is just. Oh, it's just the next grade. So, you're saying I got to go get a doctorate degree now? No, I think you got plenty of that stuff probably in your MFA. You are free to not pursue a doctorate. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Just a second. I was like, oh, gosh, I got to go do it now.
0: For all people listening, you are completely free to not pursue a doctorate. Here's my thing.
1: I figured I'm friends with you, so I have my doctorate.
0: Hey, I'm I'm happy to share. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Well, you know, my dad told me, he was like, if you're going to get your doctorate, he's like, make sure that there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. And he was like, I mean that. Yeah. If there's anything else you can do besides get a doctorate, do that. Yeah. Because it's not, um, it's not the it's not a great experience if you're not really on board with it. Yeah. Um, if you're not, yeah. Even if right. you are on board with it, it's a pretty tough experience. Yeah. No matter what. So I think you know that's that's a big part of it is we think oh well school is just to just to get knowledge and it's like no we leave that behind at some point. Yeah. Like you've gotten a bunch of knowledge, at some point it changes into how are you actually applying that knowledge. That's right. And then pass the application how are you then synthesizing new knowledge? Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not that you're just going to receive and be kind of a collection point for all of this. And now you just have it and Hey, things are good. You can do your work better and get paid more now. Right. But it actually turns into no. Once you have that knowledge, then you become an agent of that knowledge in the rest of the world,
1: Mm -hmm. the people you work with,
0: the craft you practice, whatever it is.
1: And then there's a certain amount. It's kind of like a, uh, somewhere in there is an average, I don't know if average is the right way of saying it. It's like uh, you obtain to a certain level where you know a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And that knowledge is not static where you exist simply to confirm and validate the truth, but it becomes employable. And so, so you employ the knowledge, you practice it, you execute it. And what that does is it generates what comes next and to whatever extent you can be filled up by what comes next at the expense of really filling up with a certain amount of understanding is what then gets pushed into the next person's, you you know, you, you're, you're building on an understanding that was handed down to you. And so you're adding to and building for others and that, that can diverge. It can depart. It can open up new possibilities. Um, you know, that somebody 30 years ago couldn't have seen, but are in direct line with, or you know, um, vice versa, feels like utterly natural as a next step as far as you know, some kind of cultural evolution or development of, of a set of ideas or practices, needs, if you will. I mean, I think a lot of times when I think about grad school, I think, like, I think if there was a little more of a tension between, I gotta be careful when I say this, but a tension between uh, longstanding, uh, I think things that we need to learn, which I think there are in a heavy way, I, more than ever, I think this is going away wedded up to situational degrees that deal with very particular issues in society for uh, however amount of time, maybe we need specialists in that field. Mm-hmm. So maybe there are seasons where we really need to put more emphasis on infrastructure in our cities or, you know, like, I can see situational degrees. Now, the difficulty with that is the curriculum, the board, like all the stuff that goes into approving, accrediting that degree. Yeah. But when I just think about educational models, there needs to be some, some flex, flexibility and some constancy. And uh, in my mind, that tends to accord with us because like, I know more now than I did 20 years ago. And I've forgotten a lot. But I also know that I can't learn as much as I could have 20 years ago going yeah. forward. I don't know. You know, I'm going to keep learning, I hope. I'm going to try. But a lot of that's already heavily informed by what I have learned. You see, I'm not a clean... I'm not 20 anymore, you know, right. so there is some kind of life arc to how we learn and how much and what it's for, you know, I think it's so, that's, that's fair. I know. think it's a
0: good it's also, I think, a good segue kind of, um, you know, we got a few minutes left. I think it's a good segue because um, there's an assumption in this question as well that I think that the, the place we learn is school. As if, as if like you're saying, like it, like it stops, you know, like, like we're not engaged with it now. You know, we're, we're not in a classroom as a student, so we're not learning. Like we know that's not the case, but we do tend to kind of uh, internalize it to Mm -hmm. the, to the, the, uh, the, the extreme that what we do is we say, oh, well, if I'm not in a graduate program, I'm not really learning anything. So I think it's fair to spend a couple minutes and say, if you have an interest, where else can it live besides grad school? Yeah, You know, I think taking almost the flip of that question for just a few minutes and saying, if you have an interest, what does it look like to pursue that outside of graduate work in a very productive, meaningful way where, you know, grad school just may not need to be the two year stop for you. Yeah. There may be other
1: ways to do it. Well, also, I think what that does is in a good way is that actually helps grad school because it it puts you in a position, if you can really ask those questions and be brave and stare them down and take brave steps, you will step I think with more truthfulness towards either end. So if you still step towards grad school and you've really asked the question, then you're going to have a little more conviction for why does You stepped towards grad school. You see what I'm saying? But if, but also in the opposite, like if you really should have been stepping away and you didn't, you're bringing um, a problem into the environment that makes it less than optimal for others and yourself. But by stepping the opposite direction, you're stepping more optimally into what's better fitted for you. And so um, I think it comes back to a kind of a personal responsibility. And, you know, that kicks into um, what are those unstated desires you want fulfilled that you think grad school can bring that has nothing to do with grad school. Like we've talked about a million times, like we'll probably always talk about it, but identity, status, approval, validation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who is it? I listened to someone talk and they were saying something about, um, this boxer who, who, uh, you know, won this fight, knocked this guy out. And they were like, um, I just saw this, but, and so there's, they said something effective on the, on the screen. See dad, I did it. I told you I could become something. And the commentator said, Oh my gosh, like this guy has been working his whole life to prove his dad wrong. Um, and, and, and it's like, what a, you know, in fact, like the story was catastrophic. This guy, I, I, I'm forgetting his name. I'll have to go back and find it. Cause I just saw it at a glance, like, you know, on the, on, you know, social media or something. But the guy apparently w- was in such a terrible environment with his dad that his dad, when he was a kid, this is, this is horrible. When his dad, when he was a kid would put a gun in his head oh, man. in his Jeez. mouth and say, wow. in, and ask him, son, do you know why I don't pull the trigger? Mm. And his doubt, he would say, "Why, Dad?" And he said, "Because you're not worth a bullet." Oh my God! I mean, just catastrophic, Golly. destroyed that 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 man's life, that kid's life. Like, you got to think, what did that guy go through, right? Like, yeah. But my, and that's an extreme example. But my point is, I mean, I got my own examples of like the rough upbringing and like what, where the lacks were, had me angling for things at the expense of anything so it had me Mm -hmm. angling to find something that I that I couldn't find I couldn't get at the expense of degrees and other stuff yeah be it approval or you know I I, I'll prove you wrong I, I can I can go to college you know I come from a family where nobody went to school I'm gonna do it that certainly was there you know like uh your family you know getting made fun of or something you know being told you're dumb or being told that by, by my stepdad, uh, or a lot worse, actually. Like, I think that those were motivators, mm-hmm. you know? And then the crazy thing is he's never there to, to go, gosh, you got me. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, then you're frustrated on the other end, you know? Um, that's a bit of a rabbit trail, but I do think like, I just wonder how, um, these places where we've been wounded and hurt as people, Inform these educational decisions, where we try to obtain to some level to satisfy something in ourselves, and uh, ultimately, then it's not about like making the art per se. Yeah, you know, it's about some other mixed desire, and uh, it's worth considering. Yeah, because you know? I
0: think there is, you know, there there's there's a, a a field of people that may pursue degree upon degree as a way of compensation. Mm-hmm. Right, that's definitely there. I think also there's a a group of people that would pursue a degree because they think that following that interest within the professional space in a studio or design practice um, is not as legitimate as following that interest within an academic space. Mm-hmm. And I'd say throw that idea out completely. Yep. So the first question I would ask, even before this, maybe of like, is an interest a good enough reason to go to grad school? I might say... Um, what interest do you have that's deep enough to actually pursue on a personal, professional level?
1: In spite of grad school. In spite of grad school. So that way, if you go, that underlying desire is, was already there. Right. And it really does, um, maybe a a related thing, but it really, so what I was going to say is, when you have that, then it's better, you're you're better able to actually understand yourself in the context of graduate school. Um, It just makes more sense to you. Um, On the other hand, I just want, I mean, we're going to probably cut it short here, but I want to leave with a thought as well, which is, and I think we can talk about this in our time because my brain's like starting to unwind, but it is worth throwing out there as a, a thought. And I'm going to leave it open ended is I think we possess abilities as human beings and we don't know how to make, make sense of our abilities. So we look for a context that can give us enough confirmation of what we suspect about ourselves Um, in order to feel licensed to continue doing it. And so we wrestle in this tension of looking for the right amount of confirmation. So we look for people that have already obtained to a certain level. You know, it's no longer good enough if your mom says, good job. You know, you need a professor who's been backed by Yale. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden the deck gets stacked because we're trying to understand ourselves. We're trying to understand like, um, I have these gifts and I don't know how to make sense of them. I'm not sure how they fit. They seem like they can fit in a lot of places, but I you know, that's not a that's not clear enough for me. I need I need help. I certainly think I struggle with that. It's like, how do I make sense of myself? And you know, you start looking at graduate school as like this place where fewer are existing, which means it's not the easiest thing to do. And uh maybe this will help give me uh, you know, a, a kind of a correspondent picture of uh of of what I do how it matters and and where it can be um, used or executed or laid out, you know? So, I mean, there's just something about how do we, it's like anthropological, like we we actually don't really know how to make sense of our abilities. Like, why do we we design things? I mean, there's some fundamental questions there that are worth another talk someday, but um, I do suspect that some people have been able to do things before they ever really had the education yeah. And they didn't need the theory to do the practice, mm-hmm. but because they want understanding, they think the theory is going to help them feel better and 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 have more peace about the practice. Mm-hmm. And so they start to move through the ranks looking for that. And whether they find it or not, I don't know, but you know, um I do think that kind of dilemma is why you have the the truism that pervades everybody, which is you need to find find what you love, mm-hmm. w- which I think is true, not true, which we can talk about later, but
0: yeah. So it, I think actually what's happened here is this one <laughs> 30 minute question I think is, uh, turned into the need to have a, a another, larger fleshed out conversation, yes. uh, about, you know, education and practice and things like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe it'll have, maybe it'll, it'll happen around, you know, uh, you know, being, being dissatisfied or, you know, holding things together or I don't know.
0: Yeah. We'll see how it all kind of comes together. Cause I think that there is a, there's a larger conversation here, but to just kind of wrap up, um, to answer your question, um, is an interest enough of a reason, an interest in a field enough of a reason to go to grad school. I think the answer is yes and no. (laughs) Um, so, uh, you're welcome for that. (laughs) (laughs) We tried. (laughs) Um, but you know, like everything else, we just want to open up the conversation more conversation starter. Yeah. This is not finished by any means. Um, but know and be known. <laughs> we do appreciate uh, all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in Thank for another you. one of these short episodes. Shout out, episodes. out to Kern Art Fair. And, Keep uh, doing it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.